Salty Bible Hour is a ministry of Open Door Baptist Church of Brighton, Tennessee. Scripture is our final authority, whereby any and all church councils, creeds, and quotes are in subjection. Salty subscribers will become equipped in debasing ivory tower scholarly consensus with blue-collar Bible basics. No fluff or filler here, just substance seasoned with salt, not coated with sugar. pastor to talk about this subject because I thought number one it's very interesting but number two um, I think I've held every different version of these ideas in some possibility space um, meaning that like I see the validity of every aspect of the fall of Lucifer that can be uh, presumed and then like I might think one is you know, slightly more convincing than the other, but they all have kind of some problems with them. So I just wanted to talk about it and then actually not only talk about like, all right, here's the different interpretations of the fall of Satan. And then here's some of the problems with those interpretations. Like, because I think that each one of them has something they ha has a hurdle they have to get over. Now I'm going to say it like you basically fall into a couple of different camps. All aspects of the fall, meaning everything that you read in Revelation 12, which I, I would recommend, I'm going to put some verses on the screen at the beginning of this. Please read the Ecclesiastes verses, the Isaiah verses, and the Revelation 12 verses. Those will give you at least some capture. Uh, pastor's probably going to bring up several more. I've got a couple more that I'm going to talk about. That at least give you an idea of where we're coming from when we're talking about what is the fall of Satan and what do you include in that. Are we talking about the third of the angels, you know, the verses where it says I, in Luke where Jesus Christ is reverencing, I saw Satan fall as lightning from heaven, right? Like all of that. Where in time do you put these events? And it breaks down into gap. There's a gap between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-3. The fall of Lucifer is before the creation of the world. Or the fall of Lucifer is before the events of Genesis chapter 3, but after the events of the creation of the world, right? Or the fall of Lucifer is synonymous with the fall of man, or the fall of Lucifer has not yet happened and all of it is still future. Mm. So you've got all of those different aspects, and I've heard a bunch of people talk about this. I sent you a video um, where the Southern Baptist Church and a lot of other churches are going, they're interpreting this stuff entirely symbolically, right? What they're going to say about everything you and me discuss is we're trying to literal rot, whatever you want to say, we're trying to put a physical capture on uh, apocalyptic terminology. But we're not. And I don't think, I don't think that's, number one, I would say, I would say that if you're going to make a condemnation of me and you, we take the Bible literally. Unless the Bible says it's not literal we take it as literal that's what it's saying mm -hmm. i don't read the events of genesis 1 3 and think that god is symbolically creating the world through evolution right yeah. i think that god made this world that we live in right so i take the entire bible that way mm -hmm. i also take my eschatology that way and so if i'm not saying i'm right i'm saying that is definitely how i interpret scripture mm -hmm. i know that's how you interpret scripture there is a reason to do that. Would you not say the biggest problem of 
the biggest problem we're seeing when it comes to the handling of the Bible is it is becoming, it is becoming, I wouldn't even call it spiritualized. I hate to degrade the word spiritual by doing that. It is becoming a symbolic representation of ideologies. I sent Pastor a video. The man in that video literally references one of these passages about the fall of Satan to social justice problems. Mm -hmm. Or beauty to social justice. Is that not... He, he equated beauty to um, in violence. The contrast of beauty yes. and violence to it. He spiritualized that and to encompass social um, scenery. And I'm going to start doing this too. I will put in the description a link to the video that we just discussed. Y'all can watch it. It's about 20 minutes long. See the other side of this. See the other side of where we're coming from. All right, so how, where do you want to start with this? Because I've got, I've got the passages that we can read to get people on board if we want to. Um, or we can just talk about the ideas of, hey, this is why, th this is the first idea that I would introduce. Any pre-fall pre before Genesis chapter 3, okay? You've got to deal with the problem of, and I know the answer to it, but you've got to deal with the problem of why is a fallen devil being let into the, the Garden of Eden? So how do you personally say, this is why I think mm -hmm. that would be permittable. Well, to, you, you're in a, what are you at? I'm in Isaiah 14, well, just as a starting point. I would say this, um, in Isaiah, you will not be able to properly discuss the fall of Satan without looking at Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. Yeah. In regard to Do you want to read those says, verses first, get everyone read on board? Isaiah 14 Go real ahead. quick, and the Bible says... Well, look who he's talking to. Um, where are we at? Uh, Isaiah 14. How about, look at verse 4. Look who he's talking to. That thou shalt take up this proverb against the king of Babylon and say. So from here all the way through, looks like you're talking to a king, an earthly king mm -hmm. of Babylon. Now, um, is what he's doing, he's talking to Bab the king of Babylon, but he's also talking to Satan. Yeah. And that is common throughout your Bible. And uh, I don't want to get bogged down with a lot of scripture reading, but the same thing when you get to Ezekiel chapter 28. Mm -hmm. Take up this lamentation for the king of Tyrus. Next thing you know, you're, are we talking about Tyrus or are we talking about uh, Satan? Mm -hmm. See, Well, both, and especially Satan. Every king, it, it's apparent that every king in the Bible and, and everyone in authority over this worldly domain has a principality and a power that is representing them. All through the scriptures, you see that David in the book of Psalm, uh, Psalm 22, it has to do with the dynamic between David and Absalom. Next mm -hmm. thing you know, you're talking about Jesus Christ. No one would deny that. Yeah. At some point in Matthew chapter 16, just to give you an idea, Simon Peter made a great profession, thou art Christ, uh, the, the Christ, the Son of the living God, and he said, uh, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonas, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. A few verses later, he's not talking, he's looking, just like I'm looking at you, but he's mm -hmm. not talking to Peter. Who's he talking to? The devil. He's talking to Satan. Yep. See, Satan is going to be in, in the politics of man. Uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in mm -hmm. high places. That is a common theme throughout the Bible. You in order to approach this properly, wouldn't you say you must grasp that scriptural reality? Before I don't you think, how, however this is interpreted, is there any way for you as a Bible student mm -hmm. to
to interpret Isaiah 14, or especially Ezekiel chapter 28, as anything other than a direct reference to the devil. Oh, no. It, 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 I don't see how it can well, be Well, earthly rulers and principalities are used synonymously, just like in both of these passages. Yes. And uh, you would, uh, it, it's pretty self-evident mm -hmm. when you read. So I'll, I'll read just a little bit. Yes, just uh, I'll make a prediction right now. And you may disagree and push back on me if you want okay. to, okay? I'll make a prediction. I know I'm going to look at this, and we're going to see some things about stones of fire. We're going to see things about Lucifer. We're going to see some things about Satan. We're going mm -hmm. to see some things about the serpent. And we can discuss all of that stuff. What is all of this stuff? Are they the same? Is Lucifer, is the serpent, Satan? The Bible's going to show clearly that it is. Yeah. I know who Lucifer is. I know who Satan is. I know what a cherub is. I know what an angel is. Yeah. There's something different. I, I know these things. I'm telling you what I have not learned yet. I have not learned when Satan fell. Yeah. I don't think we're going, by the time, if we did 10 videos, yeah. I do not believe, are you in agreement with that? But yes, I agree I, with you. I don't think there's anything you and me can do to settle this issue today, but I want to open it up because it's something you've thought about a lot, I've thought about a lot, and I think that if people realize that there's I think that there's problems being made by trying to make these clear cuts. Like essentially what you will see is um, all millennialism is an attempt to give a clear, direct, basically I can, I can cut with a knife and I can say this starts here mm. and this starts here, right? Now we're, as much as I'm open to everything, I'll talk to anyone, I'm 100% a premillennial dispensationalist. Okay. It's what I am. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's what I am because I believe that the Bible lays itself out that way and it makes the most sense that way, right? Like that's, that's just what I believe about Scripture. I think the fall of Satan is not, is not something that you're going to be able to rat capture up in one event. Because you're about to read this. We're starting with the king of Babylon. Who gets destroyed in the end times? Mystery Babylon. Right, right. This all may yet still be future. Oh, yeah. Uh, in other words, can we say, like, the Scriptures are not going to cooperate with our ideology, <laughs> right? Just That's a good way to put it. The Scriptures are not going to cooperate <laughs> with our ideology. Uh, let's read. I'll read just a little bit. I, I'm going to get to the, the meat of it is where, you know, we, we get into this thing. He starts talking to the king of Babylon, and he uh, speaks of his pomp and all that. Look at verse 11. That pomp is brought down to the grave and the noise. And, of course, uh, we know that Nebuchadnezzar, great archetype of mm -hmm. Satan, yeah, uh, and there's no doubt about that. Uh, that pomp is brought down to the grave, and the noise of thy uh, vials, the worm, is spread under thee, and the worms cover thee. Here we go, verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven? Doesn't say, O Nebuchadnezzar, mm -hmm. O Lucifer, yep. uh, son of the morning. And there, you know, that right there has, you've got you've to ask your question, who is Lucifer? Yep. Okay. Lucifer, it looks to me, from what I understand, it looks like Lucifer is the original name of this covering, this, this supernatural, spiritual, spirit being mm -hmm. that uh, once uh, was the anointed cherub that covereth. What did he cover and what was he anointed for? Remains to be seen. But mm -hmm. uh, uh, light, that lux, it's, I believe it might be Latin, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not sure, that the, the etymology of that word coming yep. from lux. It's, a, it's a Latin translation Pharaoh. of the Hebrew word Hallel, I believe. But I'm, I'm saying that wrong. And when it I comes into English, Hebrew. when it comes into English, it comes light bearer. Yes. Well, think about that for a minute. That's that's synonymous with Satan. 
I beheld Satan as lightning mm -hmm. fall from heaven in the book of Luke. You yep. mentioned that. Uh, how about uh, Satan has transformed himself into, into an, an angel, angel of light. Of light. Yep. So he's dealing with, with light, and it, it has to do with him, his exalted state and all of that stuff and the power that he has. So, son of morning, how art thou cut down to the ground? Watch it, which didst weaken the nations. Past tense. Yep. Uh, for thou hast said in thine heart, I will exalt. Look at the... Look at the tenses. I will ascend into heaven. Thou hast said, past tense, I will ascend into heaven. Mm -hmm. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. That makes me think of some things. The star. We know that Satan with his tail drew a third of the stars, mm -hmm. which I believe are going to be angels, yep. and brought them. Has that happened yet, or is it future? You don't have to answer that. Just a question. You, yeah. There's too many things to really um, um, pan out before we really come to a solid conclusion. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Watch this. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. Um, so with that being said, that's, that's the uh, place there. And real quick, in, a, in Ezekiel, uh, the uh, limitation against um, Tyre, Tyrus, starts in verse 11. Um, son of man, take up a lamentation against the king of Tyrus and say unto him, now to see, I want the, the listener to, to see where you can see um, uh, continuity with what you know about Satan here, because mm -hmm. he's talking to Tyrus, but watch what happens. Uh, and say unto him, verse 12, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast, past tense, been in Eden, the garden of God. So what are we saying? Did he sin before he was the serpent in Eden? You see, did mm -hmm. he fall before then? And to what level did he fall? See, uh, every precious stone was thy covering, the sardius, topaz, and the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, the gold, the workmanship of thy tyrants, and thy pipes was created, uh, I'm sorry, was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. I'm learning stuff. Mm -hmm. Satan is a created being. Mm -hmm. He's a created being. Uh, thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. A cherub is not an angel. I, I'm going to say this. Satan's not an angel. He transformed himself into an angel. He can take on the yeah. form of an angel just like he can take on the form of something else. Yeah. But he, a cherub is a different type of supernatural being. Mm -hmm. And it's described pretty well in uh, Ezekiel chapter 1. Uh, thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. <clears throat> and I've set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God, thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Uh, good question about the stones of fire. I'm looking at st stones of fire. I think it's a lake of fire. I see mm. stones of fire. I see molten rock and molten nickel. Sh stones that are on fire is lava, like what comes up out of a volcano. Okay. So I am seeing, well, the reason I say that, um, in the midst of the stones of fire, when he approached Job, Joey, uh, when he approached Job, when he approached God in Job chapter 1, where you been? Right? That's Satan. Mm -hmm. uh, sons of God and all that stuff. Where you been? Well, walking up and down in the earth, to and fro, mm -hmm. in and out of the earth. Whatever down there is a bunch of molten rock and nickel. Mm -hmm. and apparently it doesn't bother him, you see. Mm -hmm. So that's just a, an observation. You know, stones of fire. I know that that video you recommended says something else. Uh, yeah. Every man be persuaded in his own mind what it is. But that was perfect in thy ways from the day thou was created. No doubt he's a created being. Till iniquity was found in thee. That's the big question, man. When was iniquity found in him? 
That's I, the question, isn't I, it? So this is the thing that... Because with, he's with, been in Eden already, so can we surmise real quick? I didn't mean to cut you, yeah. but before he shows up in Eden, yeah. iniquity was found in him. It looks to me, and, and I'll let you run with this, okay. it looks to me like I'm observing something. It looks like at some point in the past, Satan was an anointed cherub that covereth. Yeah. And it's, it's worth pointing out that when you look at a cherub, you've got uh, four, four beings combined uh -huh. with wings and uh, all of that, eyes roundabout and all that stuff. You've got the face of a man, the face of an eagle, the face of an ox, and the face of a uh, lion. Yeah. And it's been pointed out that Satan is an aquatic creature. We know that from... I know I'm, oh, I don't want to overload a lot, but we can pan this out. But in Job yeah. chapter 41, Leviathan is, an, is a sea mm -hmm. creature. That is Satan. There's no doubt about yep. that. That's Satan. Uh, it looks like the aquatic class is taken out of that cherubic creature, yeah. that he fell. And, uh, well, so when did that happen? He was, he, it looked like his besetting sin was trying to get to assert the worship of God and to be like the Most High. I will exalt myself... I'm, I'm asking this. I know what his besetting sin was. It's yeah. trying to assert the authority of God and trying to uh, uh, assert, um, subvert the creation to worship him. Mm -hmm. Okay. When has that happened yet? Or is it future? I know it speaks in past tense, but all prophecy does. Yeah. You see, does he, is he still, that's my question. Is he still, and is he still um, thinking that he's going to do that, which I think he does. Mm -hmm. And I've got a lot, there, this, this will uh, bring about a lot of good questions to consider that would promote serious Bible study and um, a lot of other things indirectly will land as far as understanding of the nature of God and the nature of the diabolical entity that permeates this domain who is Satan. Yeah. So I know I said a lot there. I just noticed this, man, in verse 12, uh, where does it say? Or no, no, I'm getting mixed up with. Where does it say thou didst weaken the nations? Is that in Isaiah? That's in Isaiah. Um, were there nations before Genesis twelve three? He's saying in the past tense, you weakened the nation, or is that prophecy? Yeah. You see how we don't know. I think this is what I think. Now look, when I say I think this, please, everybody who's watching this video, understand everything I'm saying is thirty three percent. I think. I know. It's not a hundred percent. I think it's. This is how I would think about it right now, okay? Um, I think that yeah. he's perfect right up until the point of verse 15. So he's perfect in the garden, and he's perfect all the way up until verse 15. In the garden? Wait a minute. In the garden? Thou hast been in Eden in the garden, every precious stone was thy covering. So every precious stone was thy covering when he was in the garden, meaning he's not fallen. Okay, okay? he's not fallen yet when he's in Eden. Let me ask you this, though. Where does the, the narrative of Genesis allow for that? Well, because this is what I would say. From, Jesus makes two from the beginning statements. In the beginning, God made them male and female. Right. And from the beginning, he... Thou wast a murderer right. from the beginning. Oh, there was a murderer from the beginning? He was a murderer from the beginning. He was a murderer from the beginning. You took, so if I'm eight? saying that the fall is at the same time, Satan does not want to get man to fall into sin. Satan's trying to kill man. Okay. He's a murderer. Okay. He deceives Eve to destroy mankind. So that God would... And that if he's not fallen and he's in the garden, then I don't have to account for why is a fallen devil inside of God's perfect garden when God won't allow 
a fallen man to be in that same garden. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, sure. So that's what I'm saying is I think the it's not the fall. I think that you, there's two things that are happening. People are trying to connect the third of the angels and the lightning falling from heaven mm -hmm. as the same event as, as Satan's original sin with God. Right? right? And I don't think those are the same events at all. But I'm saying this with, there is a strong caveat here of I don't know where to put several verses in time, which I think is, a lot of people will try to do this with the gap theory stuff. I want to make this very clear. Anyone that believes in the gap theory is probably a very serious Bible student who has done a lot of thinking, not only about the fall of Satan, but also where to put a lot of prophetical passages. And that was the original when you had people coming up with or introducing that thought. It was more to do with the fall of Satan, whereas it's been hijacked now by all millennialists to become some sort of allowance for theistic evolution. Uh, theistic, that is yeah. not what I'm talking about when right. I talk about right. what I don't know about these things, right? So that's how I see that, is I see that Isaiah 14 is still future, and it pairs up with Revelation chapter 12 as still being future. Right. And that Ezekiel 28 is talking, at least to some extent, about his original fall till the iniquity was found in him. The only allowance I have for that iniquity being found is my first introduction to Satan. Mm -hmm. Now, look, if you want to know why don't we know more about this, just as much time, as near as makes no difference, just as much time in history passes between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 6 as the rest of the entire Old Testament. Mm -hmm. There's a 400-year gap on the backside of Malachi, right? So you've got... Within a hundred years, much time passing before the flood, right. as the, what do we have for the first five chapters of Genesis? We've got the story of the fall, we've got a story about a brother who kills another brother and is banished, a genealogy, and then the flood. Right? Sure. And I don't know where to put the, what about the angels in Genesis chapter 6? I don't think any Bible student can say that those aren't fallen angels in Genesis chapter 6. A lot of people do. I know, but I don't respect. I don't respect the people that don't. You're you're going to run into a lot of problems about who the sons of God are. I'm saying I don't respect their position. I don't respect their position. Yeah. That's a better thing. Right. I don't think that's a biblical tenable position. I also think you have to account for who are the angels that are reserved in judgment because they kept not their first estate, because that's not the devil. That's not the third of the angels that were drawn. That's not any of the devils that show up during Jesus Christ's ministry. Okay. So you might have angels who also fall that we're not told about because God doesn't want us to know about it. Look, all the time this is what happens. We go into the ocean. Hey, when was this city, this megalithic city that has this incredible stone structure built? Because it's 300 feet below the water mm -hmm. in India, and when did this happen, mm -hmm. right? When did these people... God destroyed all that stuff. There was something happening that God did not want us to know about, and he buried it. Right. And he destroyed that entire world. So, if I could, um, while we're... And I would say this, the value of this video is not to find out when, when Lucifer fell. The value of this video is, to be honest with you, I'm not being funny, I promise, is, is the value of it is to, to learn why we don't know. Yeah. 
truthfully, yeah. there's a lot of value in that. The gap, I'll, I'll summarize what we, what we mean by gap, and I'm not trying to sell the gap theory. I am very loose on this, okay? It's just a theory, okay? Mm -hmm. it's a, the more I look at it, the more attractive it yeah. is as far as meeting scripture. I have been on both sides. I've been against it. I've been for it. <laughs> and right now, it's just so much that I just kind of back off of it. But uh, probably leaning more towards it being a true reality than against. Yeah. Okay. But uh, in in the beginning, God created. I'm sorry. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Verse two says, "And the earth was without form and void, mm -hmm. and darkness was upon the face of the deep." You'll notice something. All the things that He created, there's water there, and the Spirit of God moved up on those waters. You'll notice something. A little subtle nuance to the text. Everything he the dry land was earth and it appeared that's earth the earth standing out of the water and in the water the mm -hmm. Bible says in, in the book of Second uh, Peter I believe it is you notice you'll never see where he created that water yeah and the implication is that the water was already there mm -hmm. and therefore we're looking at the old world that Peter speaks of that was overflowed being Lucifer's flood way before Noah something and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. That looks like a... Pre, it, the, the, imp, the implied thing is that there was a pre-Adamic civilization. Yes. Now, if that is the case, that, fit, that, that explains why he has been in Eden before and all these things that he's done before. And he's already sinned. He's already um, been lost his authority in some way, right? Yeah. Been cast down. Uh, but cast down where, you see? To what? So, uh, in other words, I got I got a couple things written down here. Cast down. It, it has more to do more. It's not just with losing position. It has to do with losing his authority when you're cast down. In other words, cast down in matters of rank, not just position. For yeah. example, at some point he was cast down from being the anointed cherub that covereth. Yeah, a lot of things to be considered there. That could we could run a rabbit trail all day about the dimensions of that thing and the sides of the north. How what you know what thing has sides? The north has sides. Mm -hmm. You know, and that it looks like a come to a it, well, I would say this. It that's where you get the idea that the universe is pyramid shaped because the north has sides yeah. a, a pyramid. It's all north, but it's all sides. What about thou shalt be brought down to the sides of the pit? You ever thought about that? It looks like that's under something. Now, I take a geocentric view of the, of the, of the uh, solar system. You don't have to. Okay? Yeah. But I'm just saying this. That bottomless pit could be the whole thing, the very bottom of that thing. There is no bottom. Mm -hmm. The sides of the pit, the very lowest hell, the bottom of that thing, just the thought of that pit. Well, either way, that's just yeah. something to think about. Okay. Well, uh, you got cast out of the third heaven, lost his authority. Mm -hmm. Second heaven... Uh, what is the second heaven? See, the third heaven would be the throne of God. Yeah. All of that stuff. Second heaven is is the um, uh, the Bible mentions a the the heaven singular in Genesis one. Yeah. That's the atmosphere. The earth in its atmosphere is heaven. Yeah. Okay. That's the open firmament where fowls fly. Genesis one twenty one. Yeah. I think it is. Well, the Paul mentions the third heaven in Second uh, <coughs> Second Corinthians twelve. Called up yes, to the third, third heaven. heaven yeah. Well, in order, there's a first, there's a third, there's got to be a second. Yeah. The second is, be, is the closed firmament where we cannot go. It's space, mm -hmm. which we say we go, whatever it is, but it's we not. We get into space. Fowls don't fly there. They, yeah. they lose a little bit of, of uh, wing thrust under there. No, no air, you see. Well, 
That's all of the solar system, mm -hmm. all of the galaxies and the stars and the nebula and all that. Well, okay, uh, I know this. He's not been, where does it say, thou will be cast to the ground? Where, That's Genesis chapter 12, or Revelation chapter 12. Okay, uh, and I think it's in another place too, isn't it? I think it's Revelation, is it 12? Let me find this. Mm -hmm. Hold on. The reason I'm asking, I don't have that this is important. Um, oh, I, I think I got it somewhere. But <laughs> I think I can find it. I, it's gonna be. Look at all this stuff. It's gonna be. So I know hard you got to a find. ton of stuff. I just right got now. just little sundry little things to trigger my thoughts. Um, uh, okay, cast out. I don't know, man. Check twelve twelve. It's twelve twelve. What is that? Read that for us. Therefore, rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Okay. Uh, cut to the ground. Cut to the ground. Cut to the ground. And I've also got, I've got something else about cut fourteen. Where does it say you're going to be cut to the ground in in one of these places? It's something else. And I wish I had it. I don't want to get bogged down with that. Uh, the reason I'm asking. Wait a minute. Key word is to the ground. Yeah. He's not grounded yet. How do you know? Ephesians chapter 2. Help me out with this. Ephesians 2, verse 2. Is it Ephesians 2, 2? No. It's, where does it say he's the prince of the power? Power of the, of the air. Yeah. His domain right now is the earth yeah. and its atmosphere. Yeah, he's the uh, of this world. Right. Mm -hmm. And he is, is he not the prince? Where does it say he's the prince of the power of the air? I, I know it's... I know, it, I just don't remember know, the reference off the top of my head. So he's not grounded yet. In other words, it looks like there's levels, tiered levels of his fall, mm -hmm. perhaps. That's a, that, we put that in probability space. Yeah. We're in, he lost this, because, hey, is he in hell yet? I would has say, he, has, uh, as far as the possibility, I can't define what happens, right? Like, mm -hmm. let me make that very clear. I cannot define for you exactly how this all transpires. This is what I can tell you. Up until the ministry of Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. Satan is in heaven, in heaven, accusing Israel before Jesus Christ and God the Father, or whoever the angel of the Lord is and God the Father. That's Zechariah chapter 3. Okay. So, and he's obviously before the throne of God in Job chapter 1 verse 6. Okay. He's obviously before the throne of God. Is There's another reference to this, isn't it? You I'm not being crazy. You got a pen? Uh, I don't. That's fine. We're good. But um, you have those references where there's something going on where he has not lost his authority. So I would say that to put all of that like he was cast down out of heaven, mm -hmm. I don't know. It, like the, the universal thought on this is two. He was either cast down. He's going to be cast down in the future and that's a future judgment that happens um, before or after the millennial reign of Christ, mm -hmm. or, or that is something that happened at, after the ascension of Jesus Christ. Okay. And that would be, be, that would be interpreting Revelation chapter 12 chronologically. Right? Which, as much as a problem as I would say you could have that... Where would Revelation 12 fit in that chronology? All right, so if we go to Revelation 12... Now, this is what I'm saying. As, a pre, as someone who believes in a literal millennial reign, we're going to interpret 19, 20, 21, and 22 chronologically. Now, right? we're talking about Revelation. Revelation. As someone who believes in an actual millennial yeah, reign. Yeah, sure. Okay? We're also going to interpret Revelation 1, 2, and 3 chronologically. Right? Sure. 2 and 3 especially. Yeah. Right. So, anyhow, 
as we start in verse 12, 1, and then appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with a sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown and twelve stars, and she being with child cried, travailing in birth, pain to be delivered. Now, who's the child? The child's got to be Christ, according mm-hmm. to verse 5, right? Yeah. yeah. And so then we see Satan appear in verse 3. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his head. And his tail drew a third part of the stars of stars and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, to devour her child as soon as it was born. Mm. Now, this would explain why you have no real encounters with devils prior to the ministry of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. True. And all of a sudden, all of these devils are appearing up. Now, there are a lot of people that say dev- devils are not fallen angels. I think they are fallen angels. I don't know what you, if you have an opinion on that. I don't think I do have an opinion. I, don't, I can't speak with any real authority on what they are. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. It, this is where I'm saying I'm not giving you an authority. I'm telling you this is how this is taken, okay? She brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto God to his throne. That would be the ascension, right? Mm-hmm. Now, where is 6 through 12 fitting in? So, boy, do you, realize, you talk about a gap. Yeah. You know, if it seems far-fetched that we suggest a gap of what unknown period of time between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2, show the gap here. Absolutely. We got, uh, what kind of gap do we have Is the here? woman fled into the wilderness a con, is this talking about? That's 2,000 years between the period that's what in I'm verse saying. 5 and, and the beginning of verse Th- 6. This is the delineation. It right. either is 2,000 years or it isn't. Right. This either is a passage about mm-hmm. the tribulation. Right. Or it's a passage about right now. Well, who's Satan. the woman? Explain to the folks who the woman the is. The woman could be, okay, depending on your whatever. Right. I believe it to be Israel. Mm-hmm. Okay. You believe it to be Israel, correct? Well, to come to that conclusion, you must park and do some study. Yes. You see, you can't just you can't go by the consensus of what so and so says. You better find out. A predator's point of view is going to say it's Mary. The twelve stars are the apostles. Mm-hmm. This all happened within the ministry of Jesus Christ. And they'll Christ. say that with no scriptural authority. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's words, good. I'm saying that's what that's why. Saying. That's why. If you don't understand that, go back to our interpretation video. Mm-hmm. I'd say that because you you better learn how to uh, use the scriptures to define mm-hmm. uh, the act, uh, and to define what you're looking at here. So yep. that means it. And, and uh, so you have a fight with Michael and the angels, right? And you have the fall of Satan, where he is cast to the earth, right, uh-huh. for a short time. Now, real quick, I'll say this, just just come to me. Daniel's praying. Is there not a representative of the prince of Persia? Yes. Same thing. That's a principality, but there's a real prince of Persia. Yes. But the... A representative up there that's fighting and battling behind the scenes. I just thought so. That there's was a valuable. spiritual warfare that's still occurring, meaning that a final warfare where Satan has cast the earth has not yet happened. Well, when you say up ca- until that point, he's going to be cast to the ground. He's not grounded yet. You know where else he's not? He's not in hell yet. Revelation 20 said the final fall of losing yes. everything is for him being bound and cast into the bottomless pit. And he's not in hell yet right now. This is why I'm saying legitimately I don't know where to place this mm-hmm. in time because the third of the angels don't fall until after Genesis. Uh, so the third of the angels fall before the ministry of Christ and Satan is not cast down until after cast down to the earth to be stuck to the earth Mm -hmm. until after uh, Revelation 12, verse 6, meaning that you're kind of stuck. It's like, do I interpret this chronologically or do I not? 
And if I don't, what is my what is my scriptural basis for not interpreting it chronologically when I'm going to take the bookends of this book and mm-hmm. interpret them chronologically? See what I'm saying? Of what book? Of Revelation. I'm going to take the beginning and the end and interpret them chronologically. Mm-hmm. And then if you were to read the vials, I would say, do you think that this horse comes first? Or do you think it's a symbolic thing and it's not really a horse? Oh, yeah. Like, you see what I'm trying yeah. to say? Like, I understand there is, that's the criticism of our position, yeah. is that this is a symbolic book with apostolic, or not apostolic, apocalyptic language, right? And that we are trying to physicalize symbolic things that will not represent themselves mm-hmm. as they are presented in this book. I think it's a fair criticism. I think the other side of it is when you open it up to an entire interpretation of symbolism, symbolism with no tether to scripture, mm-hmm. right? The only reason why I know that things are fulfilled differently in the Bible than they're spoken about in the Old Testament is because the Bible specifically tells me they are, mm-hmm. right? So as soon as I remove that tether, now it's just what do I think? And I become the final authority on what this is going to be, and you really don't have any answers. I'm not saying I'm giving you any answers either way. I'm saying I don't know what to do with it. I would say that um, if I was to um, exegete Revelation 12, yeah, let's face it, man, I'm going to do a great job. <laughs> I, I, I know, I think I know what to do with this. Yeah. Okay, I really do. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Okay. Satan, with his tail, drew a third part of the stars from heaven. I'm going to say that I don't take that literally. Okay. I don't think he literally took his tail and against their will. Let me ask you this. First of all, are angels capable of sin, sinning according to Scripture? Yes. Absolutely. The angels that kept not their first estate, mm-hmm. June 6. Uh, Peter, the angels, uh, angels, he didn't call them anything but an angel, even though they're reserved in everlasting fire. Yeah. If you see. Um, so I'm not sold on the, the devil's thing. I'm not. But I, I may be wrong. Okay. I'm just saying I've not really... I just don't know what they are. I don't either. I don't either. So you're, it's a good question. It's mm-hmm. something I need to study. Because, but let me ask you something. Did Satan... There's a bunch of... Can we establish this? And how, let me show you how we would do it very quick. Because mm-hmm. we've got to be responsible with scriptures. I don't want to just assume that stars... Are angels, but I don't want to assume when the Bible does the Bible not identify stars as angels. Yes. Of the Bible, Revelation one, the the seven church, the seven candlesticks are the churches. Uh, what is it? The stars are the angels mm-hmm. of the seven churches. There's your yeah. that's an interpretation that Jesus has given. The text is interpreting. And there's a possibility, like you've said, you've preached this from the pulpit. The star that the wise men followed that very well may not have been a celestial star. Yeah, it's how possible. do you follow a star? Because I could follow one everywhere and all over this world, and never. I used to think. That Followed me. The only thing I found in scripture, like we talked about this, they're possibly following uh, Orion during that time, and there's a prophecy. And but how does it stop this. over the house, man? I don't know. You know, I'm looking at that thing, and I'm just well, saying. Well, obviously, it just takes him to Jerusalem because they don't know where he's at. Yeah. But how does a star take you to Jerusalem? Honestly, <laughs> no, no. I used to think the moon followed me. That's when funny. I was riding the car, look at the moon, and everywhere I go, it's like, I'm special. It's so, so anyway, hilarious. that's. But. Um, so in other words, here's some angels yeah. in the spirit world, and Satan just grabs them, says, "You're coming with me against their will." Doesn't that sound a little bit far fetched? Yeah, and it doesn't say that, but I don't know. He drew them. Can I give you a theory I have? Yeah. Um, let me. I got some stuff here. Now this is. Um, I got some stuff on this. Look, we're in Revelation twelve four. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to find Daniel. I wrote it down. I what it says, but I think it's probably probably um, of value. So Revelation 12, 4, quote that again for us, please. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth, and the 
and stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered and to devour her children or her child as soon as it was born. Now watch this. Now we're speaking, there's no doubt. I don't I don't have time to back uh, preface everything with understanding, mm-hmm. but we're talking about the, the future uh, rule of Satan in, in Daniel chapter 8. Okay. okay. The little horn. Yes. See? Well, notice what he says. And uh, out of one came a little horn, verse 9. Here we go. Speaking of that, that being, this being that we're speaking of mm-hmm. with the tail. Okay. Yeah. And it waxed great, even unto the host of heaven. That's where the stars are. Yeah. Even unto the host of heaven. And it cast down <coughs> some of the host of the stars to the ground and stamped upon them. And he magnified himself and all of that stuff. Okay. Now, with that being said, uh, we again, we don't have to, I don't have to prove to you, I don't think, or to the listening audience that angels can sin. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say that they, he drew them by enticement and he used his tail to, to present something attractive about a future kingdom. This kingdom, yeah. he sold them on the prospect of his kingdom using his tail. Now, this is just a theory of mine. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll say it like this. Now, with the, with the tail, let's talk about the tail real quick. Go to Daniel 4. And okay. also go to uh, Job, I think it's 40. No, it's Job 40, speaking of behemoth. So grab, do me a favor for, for sake Where of do time. I need to go? You go to Job 40. Okay. And uh, look at, uh, hmm, we're finding Job 40 where his tail is like a cedar. And that is, could you agree with me that behemoth is a, is a representative of something that is not, uh, it may be an earthly representative of a spirit being that is the devil? Yeah. Behemoth and Leviathan. Uh, where does it say his tail? Moved, it's verse 17. He moved his tail like a cedar. His sinews of his stones are wrapped together. Okay. His tail. We're looking at the devil's tail, and, and it's like a cedar. Okay? Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, now, I'll, I'll tell you where I'm going with this. Is the kingdom not likened to a tree? Of course, it's like a mustard seed that grows up into a tree. Mm-hmm. Okay? And it is the, the fowls lodge up on there. But it's still representative of something that grows. But I'm telling you, the satanic kingdom is going to be likened to a cedar tree. Are we dealing with a cedar or are we dealing with his tail? Mm. Or both? Okay. You see, because Daniel, this is Nebuchadnezzar, I mean, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, who represents what we're talking about in Isaiah. Correct? Yeah. Uh, look at chapter 4, Daniel chapter 4, and verse number 10. Uh, and this is, of course, uh, um, speaking of the reign of this uh, Gentile world rule. And verse 11, uh, look at verse 10. Thus uh, were the visions of my head in my bed. I saw, and behold, a tree in the midst of the earth, and the height thereof was great. The tree grew and was strong, and the height thereof reached unto heaven, and the sight thereof unto all the ends of the earth. The leaves thereof were fair, and the fruit thereof much, and in it was meat for all, uh, for all. the beast of the field, and, sh- and had shadow under it, and the fowls of the heaven dwelt in the mouths thereof. Does that not sound like the kingdom of heaven that Jesus mentions? It's like a grain of mustard it, uh, and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Where the, the, there's demonic beings lodging in that stuff, and only through study would someone ever really understand that? Now, I say this. Uh, let me see where I'm at. Uh, look at verse 12. Let's go down to verse 12. Yeah, the leaves were fair, blah, blah, blah. And that, that will sync up with Matthew chapter 13 where he speaks of the, um, the kingdom uh, of heaven and all of that stuff. Look at verse 14. He cried aloud. And I want you to find this. I want you to find Revelation 6 for me. Okay. And I'll show you something, Okay. But I'm in verse 14. You got Revelation 6 at hand. In verse 14, he cried aloud and said, Thus, hew down the tree and cut off his branch 
shake off his leaves and scatter his fruit. Let the beast get away from under it and the fowls from his branches. Now notice this, and we often see things like this where the Bible will mention the seed of Abraham as sand, that's mm-hmm. celestial, physical, and as stars. That's, I'm sorry, terrestrial would be yeah. sand, and celestial would be stars. It's, there's, there's two views of that thing, an earthly and a heavenly, a supernatural thing. Well, with that being said, these leaves and these fruit that are being shaken and fallen are physical and natural, yet you're going to see something being shaken and fallen in Revelation chapter 6, verse 13. Read that for us. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as fig tree cast her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it rolled up together, and every mountain and island were moved out of the place. So notice that, that as a heaven shaken, something's fallen. Mm-hmm. Okay? And there's something that's fallen to the ground, just like what he's doing with his tail. I'm thinking that tail has to do, I think it is symbolic, and I think it is is enticing them with his tail. Now this tree here is a, is a, a person who is an archetype of Satan, who is mm-hmm. Nebuchadnezzar. How yeah. do you know? Verse Look at verse 20 of Revelation, uh, Daniel chapter 4, verse 20. The tree that thou sawest, see, there's no, I'm not interpreting anything. The scriptures are interpreting what the tree is. The tree that thou sawest, which grew, was strong, whose height reached unto the heaven, and the sight thereof to all the earth, whose leaves were fair, and the fruit thereof much, and in it was meat for all, under which the beast of the field dwelt, and upon whose branches the fowls of the heaven had their habitation. So, with that being said, uh, you go to Job and you see this. That that now I want you to go to Job again and just to show. I want to strengthen this a little bit. This okay. is not just wild conjecture. You, this is something that you're not going to be able to ignore. You don't have to agree with me. I don't know how much I'm sold on this 100 percent or anything, but it is. It looks like a probability space that has merit because if you will, I'll stay in Daniel and if you'll quote from Job chapter 40 and verse 15. Behold now, behemoth which I made with thee. He eateth grass as an ox. Okay. Now, you probably already know where I'm going. But I'm in chapter 4 here, watching Mm -hmm. this guy. Watch what he's doing. And they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beast of the field. And they shall make thee to eat grass as oxen. And they shall be wet with the dew of heaven. And all that stuff. You see the continuity. Mm -hmm. And if you want to see more continuity, when you get to Revelation chapter... chapter, um, uh, I want you to stay in Job, if you can, real quick. Okay. Is that behemoth? Okay, in Revelation chapter 12, does Satan not cast out of his mouth water? Mm-hmm. And it makes a flood, doesn't it? Yeah. Notice who's drinking up the Jordan River. In oh, Job. in Daniel 4? No, no, in uh, uh, Job chapter 40. Don't it's Job. behemoth. Oh, He trusted that he can drink up the whole river. He got that water from somewhere. Do you see how that, that kind of has a, a continuity there? And it's showing, but I got something else. Ezekiel 31. That, okay. that ties up with this as well. Ezekiel 31. Now, real quick, Ezekiel 31. That'll be the last place I'll look at, Joey, with, with that thought in mind. But um, No, I've got several questions um, I want to ask because I'm like, all right, where, do you, where is all this... Notice how this syncs up a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. Okay? We're dealing with trees. We're dealing with tails. We're dealing with kingdoms. We're dealing with stuff falling from heaven. We're dealing with shaking of leaves and them falling, and the shaking of the stars and them falling, and what them stars are. See, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with a lot of things that could keep you busy for quite a long time connecting the the um, uh, well connecting this thing in a uh, having continuity of ideas connected with the prophecy of all mm-hmm. of this. Now. 
Uh, because here's, the, here's one thing we must understand. Satan did not whip his tail out and say, you're coming with me against yeah, your yeah, own will. Yeah. He's not going to do that to an angel. He, he drew them. I believe that it would have to be with enticement toward another kingdom. He sold mm -hmm. them on something else. So Ezekiel 31 Notice, the, what are we dealing with? We're dealing with tails, we're dealing with trees, we're dealing yeah. with kingdoms. Look at uh, verse 2. Son of man, speak unto Pharaoh. Uh-oh, that's another type of Satan, yeah. right? King of Egypt. And to his multitude, whom art thou like in thy greatness? Behold, the Assyrian was a cedar mm -hmm. in Lebanon, and fair branches with a shadowing shroud, and of a high stature in his top was among the thick boughs. So I'm saying this for this reason. Is the God of this world, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Mm -hmm. Jesus even said to Pilate, My kingdom is not of this world. Satan told Jesus Christ, Behold, the kingdoms of the world, I'll give them to you if you'll bow down and worship me. Jesus didn't correct him and say, Oh, this is mine. No, no, not right now. Not. It's yeah. Satan's. This right here is uh, this, we're talking with Pharaoh, but would I have to lean on any serious Bible student at all to say that there's not continuity with that, with a principality that's represented by this? Um, that has merit, sir. No, it's great because you go through here, the fowls of heaven made their nest in his bows. You get back to verse eight, mm -hmm. the cedars in the garden of God could not hide him and the fir trees were like his bows. Like he's still beautiful and fair in Eden and not fallen. And if you'll look at Behemoth, He's making his covenant under them. Under, uh, there's something, there's one of the uh, demonic beings is under the cedars too and is, is kind of hiding in all of that. That's stuff. I want to write down that reference, though, um, that eight and nine. So with that being said, that does that make you look at Satan drawing the third part of the stars in a different way now? No, it's not that. It's not that it makes me look at it because my whole problem, not, or did uh, you let, me, can, let me let me explain you, what I'm about to say. Let me ask you a question. The continuity quick. of all those types right. rings true. Right? right, the continuity of this being a type, and then obviously Pharaoh, um, just like the king of Tyre, just like um, the Isaiah 14 reference. Obviously, I think that you're getting and Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar is a is a great we type. Got Babylon, we got Egypt, we got Assyria. Yes, and you can't speak of the Antichrist without speaking of the Assyrian. This is the problem. Though. If I go back to Revelation chapter 12, mm -hmm. this happens. Before Jesus Christ is ascended, I don't know that. Okay, I don't know that's. But my do problem. you think that this? Th th I guess this is the problem that I would have. Not mm -hmm. the problem that I would have with mm -hmm. it. It's where where do I put this in time? Right. <laughs> yeah. Where do I put this in time? Because even in Eden, look at the verse we just read, Ezekiel chapter thirty-one, verse eight. Hold on, let me get there, Ezekiel. Ezekiel 31.8. You just read the beginning yeah, of that. Yeah, go ahead then. I'm there. Verse 8. The cedars in the garden of God could not hide him. The fir trees were not like unto his bows, and the chestnuts were not like unto his branches, nor any tree in the garden of God like unto his beauty. Mm -hmm. So he's in the garden of God, according to that and in verse mm -hmm. 9, right. and he's not fallen. Where are we at? 8 and 9. I have made him fair by the multitude of his branches, so that all the trees of Eden that were in the garden of God envied him. Okay. He's fair and beautiful and all of these things in the garden of God. Yeah. That's why, do you, that, does that not support that, the notion that there was a garden of the Lord before Genesis The reason I would say no is this. Oh, you don't think there was something before? No, the reason I would okay. say no is simply because of this. You have a recreation of the world mm -hmm. that maps back to Adam, right? Any t the best analogy I've seen of the gap theory mm -hmm. is the comparison between Adam and Noah, okay. right? 
Why would God arbitrarily choose Adam after a re-beginning of the world with Noah when he says in the beginning? Because if we're I'm talking lost. about, let's say there's... Help me out. With, go, right. go over that again. Let's say there's three beginnings. There's a garden of the Lord before Adam. Mm -hmm. There's Adam. Then there's a destruction of the world, right? Then there's Adam mm -hmm. and a repopulation of the world. Mm -hmm. Then there's a destruction of the world. Then there's a recreation of the world in Noah. Mm -hmm. Why would God say the middle one's the beginning? It's the beginning of that world. That's another world. But I think that the Second Peter reference for, is for also... The same can, I, can I explain that to you? Yeah. For the same reason that he goes in Hebrews chapter 8 and he says, the first covenant, <coughs> you guys know the first covenant, right? Yeah. The first covenant is done away with. Friend, that's not the first covenant. It's the first covenant for the Jew. It's the Mosaic covenant. The first covenant, if you went to the first covenant, you've got the Adamic covenant. Yeah. You understand? He doesn't say that. He's using that within the framework of his audience. So if I take away the second Peter reference and I say Peter has used the flood reference three times. Oh, I know what you're going to say. You're probably going to, I could see Noah. You could sell me on Noah any day of the because old world. Because it's literally end. one right. chapter before that he mentions Noah. You wouldn't have, yeah. If I take away that reference, what Bible reference do I have that mm -hmm. there was a Garden of Eden before the Garden of Eden? That, like what verse yeah. says, and there was a garden before Adam. Right. Now, well, for as this much right as talk here, about the creation this right throughout. Here, thou has been in Eden. I'll tell you why. Okay. Just like you asked some questions, some open-ended questions, and some very good observation yeah. questions about... Uh, and I want to make this very clear. Yeah. I will take the time in this video, if we have yeah. it, I will show you... I, the only reasons I think those things that I'm saying, it is not a criticism. It is a criticism of my own beliefs I have held. Oh, sure. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And I, I because I want to show you closure. the criticism of what I currently believe. I think sure. there's problems with what I currently believe. I, I just not, I'm just addressing those because right. we talked about them. No, so no, go I, ahead. I'm sorry. No. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to make the audience clear that this is not a criticism of the gap theory. This is an observation of the gap theory and how mm -hmm. I see, okay, I think this is where I would, if I'm saying this, then I've got to have something stronger than what I'm currently holding mm -hmm. on to. But I, I would say this, uh, like if, for the gap theory, if I was going to sell the gap theory, I would say, why does he say to Noah, we know there was a civilization before Noah when he got off the ark. He said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish yes. the earth. Well, what did he say to Adam when he propagated, when he, he said replenish. He said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Now, the impetus is that there was something to replenish. And there's also a, a great case to be made. I'll, I'll show you something, okay? Uh, real quick. Um, where am I? But is the, let me ask this question. Is the gap theory necessary for the fall of Satan? No, no, I don't think so. Because that's why I, I feel like so. there's this double trap where I have to have the gap theory for the mm. fall of Satan to place these things, these things in times that I can't account yeah. for, yeah. or they're all yet future, yeah. right? If I could ever convince myself, you, and anyone else, the value of this conversation is why we don't know. <laughs> That's the value. I know. Because, it's hard. You know why people want certainty so bad? Friend, we're talking about the spirit world, and we are in the physical. Yeah. There's some things we're just not going to get. I'm telling you, man... Um, for example, okay, when I'm going to paraphrase a little bit just so we don't get bogged down. Job 38, mm -hmm. gird up thyself like a man. You should answer me some things. God speaking. Mm -hmm. Where was thou when I laid the foundation of the earth? Mm -hmm. Remember that? He said, when I laid the foundation, where were you? Uh, tell you who was there. The sons of God were there. Mm -hmm. I surmise that that's not flesh and blood. Those aren't sons of Adam. Yeah. Those are sons of God. Those are created spirit beings. Yeah. Hence angels. They were there and they shouted for joy when I laid the line and stretched the line up on it and all that stuff. No
didn't say, where was thou when I created the earth? Yeah. He says, when I, when I laid out the foundation. In other words, he gave it some foundation, some body, because it was chaotic. It brought out of that chaotic state. That's a, that's a flood. There's no doubt there was, if you call it a flood, or what was the water doing there? And we must ask ourselves, when did God create water? Was water there without God creating it? Genesis, you do your best to read Genesis 1 and find out when he created the water. It's implied the water's already there. And I think, look, if, if I'm being honest, in Genesis chapter 1, the word and is used to start a verse Notice that 29 out of 31 times. As the only verse that doesn't is, it's so I feel like it is yeah. a continual story mm -hmm. from the very beginning. Yeah. I don't have a problem with someone saying there's a gap for a multitude of reasons. Number one, when he says God created the heaven and the earth, is he talking about a? Is he talking about the physical creation? Is he talking about the creation of the celestial? Right. There has to be some way for us to describe that there is a celestial realm. See, the celestial that had realm to be within, within creation week, the celestial realm is between the firmament. There's no doubt about that. And then I don't know where to put. What's the beginning of the creation of God according to the Bible? The creation. Of, what is the beginning of the creation of God? So what do you mean by that? That preposition told me off. God wasn't created. So what? Jesus Christ is the beginning of the creation of God. I see. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know where to put that. Well, you got a situation. It was before he was Jesus Christ. What was he before that? Come on, you know it. In the I mean, beginning, in the beginning, was, was the word. It? He's the word. He's the incarnate word of God. Oh, I know, he's but a, you know what I'm saying. Like, I don't know where to place <laughs> these things when you're talking about a physical creation, and because I feel like this is this is the problem that everyone needs to understand. This is what we were talking about before off camera. How do you have this conversation and not have a gap conversation? Oh no, right. Yeah. And then I don't. Not that I. I feel like everything I say is going to get interpreted as it's a criticism of the gap. It's not a criticism of a gap. It's a criticism of ideas around the whole. The criticism of my thing, right? My fundamental problem that I see with it is how is there a fallen devil in the Garden of Eden that's perfect at the beginning of creation? The only thing, you, you want some scripture to blunt that? I'll give you tons of it. Mm -hmm. Why is God having an open contest with Job and mm -hmm. Satan? Why is God having an open contest with Israel and Satan in Zechariah chapter 3? Where Israel, people will say that's Joshua, that's Jesus. It's not. It's Joshua clothed in filthy rags. That's obviously Israel. And the angel of the Lord in Satan. Joshua? Yeah. Clothed in filthy rags and that's Israel? Let's go to Zechariah 3. Okay. Um, because the condemnation on Joshua is to walk in his well, ways. Well, because when the, when the Bible mentions in Hebrews 4 and in... Acts chapter seven. It doesn't use. It's speaking of Joshua and his conquest, but it uses let's see. Jesus. Let's see if we can make it Jesus. That's the easiest way to do this. Okay. And he showed me Joshua the high priest standing for the angel of the Lord and Satan. Zechariah what? It's three Zechariah three one. And he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. Right. So the angel, the I, Satan. I'm slow. I'm not even. Go there. ahead. Here we go. Okay. I'm, I'm there. Satan yeah. is resisting the angel of the Lord. Oh yeah. Right. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan, even God which hath chosen who? Okay. Yeah. Jerusalem, Jerusalem rebuke right. thee. Mm -hmm. Is not this a brand plucked out of fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him, behold, I will cause thine iniquity to pass from thee and will clothe thee with a change of raiment. Right, And I will set thee a fair mitre on thy head, and they set a fair mitre on his head, and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord stood by, and the angel of the Lord protested unto Joshua, saying, 
Thus saith the Lord of the hosts. So he's talking to Joshua. Mm -hmm. If thou wilt walk in my ways. Is he saying that to Jesus Christ? I got you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, if I thou agree. wilt keep my charge, then thou shalt also judge my house and shall keep my course. Now, right. is all of this, and then we go on in verse 8 and we find out that there's a branch, right? And Joshua is going to be connected with the second advent. Uh, I, I was getting mixed up with Joshua. I was thinking you were conf conflating or uh, confusing Joshua for Jacob, and I, that's what I meant by that. Oh, okay. Because Joshua is used synonymously, Yesu. With Jesus Christ. I think that this is also, if you want to use it as a picture, I don't know how directly when, when Jude is talking about disputing about the body of Moses, mm -hmm. right? Oh, yeah. Remember that? Mm -hmm. They're I disputing do. about the body of Moses. What does he say? What does the angel say? not bring a railing accusation against But he him. said what? The Lord, Lord rebuked thee. thee, right? So right. I'm not saying there might have been, there probably was an event where there was a disputation about the uh, body of Moses. Yeah. And then you get another picture of that on a celestial level where there's a disputation over what we would call the body of Moses sure. in the nation of Israel. Right. Those are like little, it's the same thing you're showing with Behemoth. You get these micro pictures. Right. And they might not be the full picture, but right. they're a micro narrative of a greater meta narrative that God's trying to show and, throughout. But what you, and that, that stuff finds you. You can't look for that, it'll find you. Do you, you yes. understand? This is, this is just once you, once you, spend some time in Scripture, and you, you mark the person that would minimize the, the merit of behemoth and Leviathan and say that it's something else. If you can't see the supernatural um, representative of that, i got a question. Well, I don't want to make it a didactic moral reasoning thing. I think if you're not seeing it, it's just like this. This is what I would say. We've done several videos on here. Everyone knows we're using the King James Bible. Mm -hmm. If I am sitting here trying to make it a moral issue that you don't have a Bible in your hand, right. you have not attained righteousness by one ounce by having this Bible versus any other Bible. Mm -hmm. Because the guy who reads the, the less effective tool mm -hmm. every day is going to have a much better relationship with God than you will if you never read it, right? I agree. But if I can put the right tools in his hand, then he can see it. And that's what I was saying. We're trying to showcase the right tools. You laid out a framework here that is undeniable that you have these multiple types of Lucifer, right? Mm -hmm. Multiple types of the devil throughout scripture. Now, where do we place it? Which uh, is our problem with problem. all of the right. fall of Satan goes. Because there are problems with interpreting Revelation 12 chronologically either way for any belief that anyone now currently holds. I don't holds. have a problem with, with, with seeing the, the chronology of it. It's the quantum leap of time between uh, verses. I, I think it's in sync. Yeah. I think it is. But then again, is there another, there's different fall. Just because it mentions that fall, uh, there's other places where stars are shaken and brought down to, to uh, hell. I think the biggest problem is these, these all can't be the same event. Right. The original departure from Lucifer is, in my opinion, is not the reference in Isaiah and is not the reference in Ezekiel and is not the reference in Revelation chapter 12. Okay. I don't think that happens before time. Okay. Right? Probably he not. may have fallen before that. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But that event is still yet future to us, or it happened at the time of Jesus Christ. And I haven't settled on which one that is. I mean, but yeah, that's, that, I, I can sync up with that. Question, though. Yes. Okay. Uh, um, we got a situation in Isaiah chapter 14. Let me where, get back there. Where he basically, and I'll quote it and you'll finish it for me if I start it. <laughs> How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the what? Nation. The nation. Okay, one or two things has got to take place. 
um, that that's not his sin. There was no nations in Genesis three. I think this is future. I do too. Yeah, I do too. That's the and see and there's no doubt about it. The, the video you shared with me, that Southern Baptist thing about that being something else, is silly. It is being at it. very, very, very silly. Well, anyway, um, but. And I want to make this clear. I take the gap extremely seriously. Mm -hmm. I don't care what anyone thinks about this. I am not a Ruckmanite at all. Mm -hmm. I do not come from that background. I do not have that background, okay? I did not grow up. My dad did not like Peter Ruckman mm -hmm. when I was growing up, okay? Mm -hmm. I was introduced to several guys who were. Can I say this else. real quick? You can't properly talk about these things with any real authority without standing on the shoulders of a lot of what Ruckman and I would out. say uh, I respect Ruckman. Right. That man's honest with the Bible. Mm -hmm. And he believed the gap theory. And several other men, James Knox, I respect James he Knox. In the gap theory. You yeah. have a strong leaning towards it, right? You think I don't respect I don't, my pastor? I don't know if I've got that strong a leaning for it. I, I am so loose on it, brother, uh, to be honest with you. Right now, you're I You're just saying you're like 51% on that side. I, I would say in the probability space that the gap has merit, I would say I'm probably 60 or 70. Okay. More, than, more than I have been in a long time because as I, I can't get away from it. Okay? Yeah. But I'm not, go, I'm not trying to sell it. And man, uh, anybody that wants to believe it or doesn't believe it, it's not a polarizing issue as far as I'm concerned at all. Yeah. But uh, there, uh, there, it could be both. There, that ditch, past tense, weak in the nation. Well, we know the nature of prophecy speaks in past tense. God is outside of time. But you got a situation, in, in, um, that's another question or another observation I wanted to make. And yeah. then, uh, Are we back in Ezekiel? Yeah, in Ezekiel. But he says, Thou hast been in Eden. Okay, yeah. past tense, you've been in Eden. Yeah. Now watch this, though. I've never seen him in Eden like this. I've never seen him represented like this. I know. You understand? As a supernatural being with a covering, and there, there's so much there. Uh, uh, we see every precious stone was that covering. The, the sardius, topaz, diamond, barrel, onyx, all that stuff. Now, when we see him, he's a serpent. Mm -hmm. I have noticed this, and I don't know if you find value in this or not. And I, I can't stand snakes. They creep me out. Okay? But there is a, a beauty in them things. You can get over the fear. Of, if I don't yeah. fear a lot of things. I fear heights. And uh, snakes. A snake. Don't ever fool me with a snake. Okay, that's going to be a problem. Okay, I just got this thing about them that just bothers me. But um, anyway, if you can get over the fear of them and look at them and observe them, is there not a continuity of the beauty that you're seeing here? I think what you're saying about Leviathan, scales? and we've said this before. Well, let me finish my thought. Oh, sorry, I apologize. Real quick, because you've got. I thought you were asking. Well, you've got the the. There's a continuity of a gem-like covering on their scales. Mm -hmm. You see, and it, it really is a remarkable creature. Yeah. It's, it's, it's diabolical or something about it. Mm -hmm. Now, quick question then. I didn't mean to cut you, but here's the, 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 uh, the train of thought I'm, I'm on. Satan, you know, people scoff at, you know, how do serpents talk? How did the serpent, what was, what was going on? You understand? Mm -hmm. We don't know. This is what we don't know. And this comes back to a lot of other things. In the garden. I, I'm really having a tough time believing a slithering serpent approached her and started talking. Mm -hmm. I'm not seeing that at all. I believe that he was, that's the curse, what you're seeing, a serpent. What was he before? Yeah. As he was talking to her. And it was a being that Adam apparently named that was created, right? Well, it, here's, a, here's a theory. Yeah. Who's to say that Satan didn't enter in, that's by, but that being allowed that in some way for Satan to enter into him just like he did Judas Iscariot, just like he did those swine. Hmm. Remember the swine? Yeah. He, he hosted and inhabited them and used them, and, and well, he didn't speak through them, but 
Is there some merit to that? That seems like he entered into this being that was called a serpent yeah. and approached her and spoke with her, you see, that, and then the curse of it is to lick the dust of the ground on the belly all, all of your days. And I see the curse of mm. Satan in that passage as the same as I see the curse of David or of um, Adam. The curse, right? Lost some kind of an image, perhaps, or lost, well, a, lost a. He uh, definitely lost his beauty because mm -hmm. he's not he's not that anymore. All of this is past tense. Okay. He can transform himself into an angel of light, or his ministers can, whatever that means. And that doesn't make him an angel, though. It does doesn't it? make him right. an angel. Right. Um, and then there's something there's something that's changed about him because, like you said, he's Leviathan now. He's the great serpent. He's a red dragon. He's something else entirely. That he that whatever that anointed cherub that covereth was, mm -hmm. like you've talked about before, there's an aquatic feature that's missing, and there's a reptilian feature that's missing, mm -hmm. and it looks like that red dragon is not wings; it's something that swims, which is like Leviathan, right? Yeah, in his essence, that's what he would be. The, the Leviathan in the deep. No, we're talking about the physicality. But the manifestation of, of him is many things. So yeah. we've talked about this several times. In the day that thou eat thereof, thou shalt surely die, sure. right? And then that has to been that's been repositioned throughout time of they died spiritually or they died in this way or they died in that way. There was a condemnation of death put upon them. Mm -hmm. That condemnation of death covered all of those things. It covered the soul and the body, right? Like it covered and encapsulated them entirely. Mm -hmm. They were no they were not under any condemnation of death. Now they are. He's now under the condemnation of what? You're gonna lick the ground. Sure. That doesn't mean it came to pass right then. Right. The next time you see surely used, I will surely make of thee a great nation with Abraham. Well, that happens for at least, how long are they in captivity for when they go uh, into Egypt? Right. There's 70 people that go into Egypt. That's not a great nation. Mm -hmm. So you've got to go after the captivity before you could even surmise that they're a great nation. And I would say they're not really a great nation to the Davidic covenant. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's a long time between God saying surely to Abraham. Oh, I agree. Yeah. And it actually being fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm saying. I don't know if you interpret that Zechariah passage as literal or figurative. Maybe he's not actually before the throne of God. No, I, I don't have I don't know. Is Job? I think Job's literal. Yeah. That's the oldest book in your Bible. Mm -hmm. And he's standing before God yeah. with all the other sons of God. You get that picture in Genesis where the sons of God are going up and down. He says to Eve, thou shalt be like the gods. Mm -hmm. As if... There's something different about that world. They knew who that. They knew what he was talking about. Mm, she wasn't beings. like, "What's a god?" Yeah, spirit beings, uh, which would be apparently these angels. So I don't think right. that. I think that Satan could have come to him in his unfallen, beautiful essence. He's the most subtle thing of any. I mean, look. You want to see how much respect God has for well, him? That, if he did that, when he, you're talking about coming to Adam and Eve. Yes. Well, if he did that. He would not have been fallen at that point. Would you say that's his original sin? Yes. In Genesis? Yes. Really? That's I've what I've heard say. that before. That's no one that's has. Something. I, that's yeah. what I'm saying. If you want to criticize my position, I've never heard anyone say this. This is what I've gotten from Scripture. Mm -hmm. I think the original sin of man and Satan occur at the same time. I think the fall is synonymous. Okay. That's interesting. Very interesting. I've never heard anyone say that, but that's mm. what I think. And I'm now, just, if there's someone's yeah. going to look up something, and there's some crazy cult that believes this. I know. I didn't get it from them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I love the bouncing thoughts. Like here recently, I've just now started entertaining a thought. Someone said something that made me just triggered me to think about this, and I do believe that Adam lost the image of God in the garden, and, and that's what died. His spirit died, and of course, that's why you must be born again, and that's why he had to get a covering and things like that. But also. 
put a, a good, um, in, a, in, a, in the probability space of this being, in the day that thou eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. Well, we know he lived to be 900 and something mm -hmm. years old, but in the day that you eat, let's say, I, I partake of the forbidden fruit, in that day, guess what's going to happen? Surely you're going to die now. Yeah. In other words, he had eternal life, no, no death, but mm -hmm. now, surely, because you took of this, it didn't say you're going to die that day. Yeah. Of course, then you could expand that We talked that about to, that in our discussion when we uh, had it before the church. I said, surely doesn't mean immediately. Right, right. It doesn't. It's not, <laughs> that's been read into the text. I'm glad. Surely I come quickly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, so, um, but man, we, we've just got a situation here. But do you realize how confusing, we, I know we don't have a lot of time, um, how overwhelming this is. I've got, here's a couple of quick things I've got out of, uh, oh, out of, um, Look at all the things. Am I, what what reference am I using here? I get I get so mixed up between um, how it's been in Eden. There it is. Look at notice this. We're in Ezekiel. Just notice what we're dealing with. Thou has been in Eden, verse thirteen. Mm -hmm. What tense is that? That's past tense, isn't it? Yeah. Let's see, thou's been in Eden. Thou washed the anointed cherub that cover. Where's that at? Uh, where, wait a minute. Fourteen. Wait a minute. That are that's present though. That's that's present. Uh, no, every precious stone was thy covering. Past tense, right? Mm -hmm. Look at verse 14. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. That's present tense, dude. You are. That's what you are. Now, yeah. keep going. Thou was, past tense, verse 15, perfect in thy ways, uh, till thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Verse 17, you see. Um, but notice verse 16. What he says, I will cast thee as profane. In other words, you was you were perfect. You mm -hmm. lost something. Yeah. But I will cast you down. You see? Yes. Uh, no, look at verse 8. You want to be real, get into some real confusing stuff? Look at verse 18. Thou hast defiled my sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic. Therefore will I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. It shall devour thee, and I will bring thee to what? You see that? Ashes upon the earth. So is that, are we now reading that he's going to be annihilated? Is that annihilation and not eternal judgment? Because we well, see that he's cast into a lake of fire <laughs> in Revelation chapter And 20. let's just be real here. What part of this applies to Satan? What part of this applies to the king of fire? True. He might destroy this king that way. Right, right. And that king was certainly, now look, here's the thing. Everything that we're going to talk about and lay out, there's four cherubims, right? Mm -hmm. We're saying there was a fifth one, right? Yeah. That cherubim was Lucifer. Mm -hmm. He didn't make a replacement. Right, right. That's still who he is. Okay. Now, he's has he lost his essence? Well, I don't know. let me ask you this. He's not mentioned when he talks about the cherub, though. No, no. But there's something weird going on. Look, think about, look about how he talks about him. In verse, is it in this passage or in the next one, where he says, "Thou art with thy wisdom and with thine understanding, thou hast gotten thee riches, and thou hast right. gold and silver into thy thy great wisdom and by thy traffic." What's well, the same language he's going to talk about the beast in Revelation mm -hmm. and how they acquire? There's something in Babylon too incredible mm -hmm. about this thing that we don't understand. He's not something to be trifled with. Like you know what I mean? Like I feel like sometimes people have got this weird concept. Of this deal. And it's like, I don't know. I know he hates mankind. Mm -hmm. I know he was willing to give up heaven to well, destroy that's a, you. That's the sale of the gap, too, is that that's why he hates you. Why does he hate you? Because you got a kingdom that he once had. That's, the, that's, that's how the gap is presented, is that why does he attack man? 
Because you got some, he gave to man something he. Well, what had. he whispers into the ears of Job's friend has that's. If you want to say what's the most terrifying part of scripture, Satan comes to one of Job's friends in a dream. What he says to him reveals to you his hatred for mankind. Mm-hmm. He's like he found fault in his angels, right? Uh-huh. And who are you? Okay, yeah. What are you? Mm-hmm. He he hates you, man. Mm-hmm. Right? Like he despises mankind because sure. we're nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be whatever. You, we are weak, fragile creatures in comparison. And yet we have acquired the love. And obviously, God holds that angel to a higher standard because there's no redemption mm-hmm. for that angel. Mm-hmm. You've seen me in my essence. Right. You don't get a second chance. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's something there. And obviously, there are angels that are so bad, they're in everlasting judgment right now. And Jesus Christ said that hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. So when was hell created? Is hell created before the foundations of the earth? Is hell created Brother, with the creation? Get, you don't want to get me involved in that, because I've got some very divergent thoughts. But that's on, what I'm saying. It's, these are yeah. good questions right. that you really got to... Well, when I say divergent thoughts about when, yeah, when was hell created, and, I, and who created it? You know, mm-hmm. that's another question. I have entertained a thought that, that Satan created hell for you. You understand? Yeah. And he, just like Haman created the gallows for... Haman and Esther, a yeah. he created the gallows for who? Somebody that didn't get them. Who got, who, who got cat, uh, judged by the gallows? Haman. I know, yeah. Said, and you got, uh, depart, depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Uh, see, and that the gala was prepared for Haman. Haman did. Haman prepared it, though. You see, I think this and is and there's a lot of lot of other things. So interesting. To, I want I want to make it clear. I'm trying is I think both. <laughs> I think the whole point of this is to show the scripture of these understandings. Look, I'm not trying to convince anyone who watches this of anything. I want you to go to the Bible and be convinced of it yourself. Mm-hmm. Please, not like wherever you land on this, because I think that the if as long as you're sincere with it. I truly think that God can give you insight, but we've already agreed. There's some of this stuff, man. It's just like there's just stuff God doesn't want you to know. I, I really, he could have been way more clear. He could have taken a lot more time in that Bible to lay out, hey, what's happening during these 1,800 years of unrecorded human history? And he said, I'm going to destroy it, and it's not going to be known. And it's mm. just, I'm going to close the book on this little part, and you're not going to get to know it. And that's just, it's very interesting. And I guess I try to, you know, as me as a pastor, I try to to promote to my church the it's it's um take some faith and take some maturity to let go of things you're holding on to and your your conclusions mm-hmm. um it's okay not to have certainty don't Amen. ever exchange truth for certainty Amen. in other words right now i we if anything we've accomplished with this video i hope people understand this there's a great success here we're not trying to seal it up in a little package and show you the fall of Lucifer. We're showing you how to deal with the scriptures responsibly and that you you just may not get them answers. Amen. Or it may take decades for them answers. And think, once you start ex- now that you explore the things like as we have been exploring, things are so salient as we read the scriptures, they'll pop out and you'll have another little, little thing mm-hmm. that'll kind of give you a little more. The answer's probably in here whether we're spiritual enough to ever grow to that and get that answer, or yeah. some things you may not get. And, uh, but you, the danger, the danger of Christianity is trying to compartmentalize truth and sell it and prop- propositionalize it. Uh, you will not, we, if anything we've accomplished, you will not do that with the fall of yeah. Satan. You won't I want to have enough humility here. I'm telling you what I see. I'm not giving a conclusion here at all because 
honestly, like you said, it might be the growth and the revelation of the Holy Spirit. I hope I get more because where you put that fall does have a lot to do with how you understand a lot of other parts of the Bible. And I, I don't want to miss something there and I want to be open to it because I'm like, hey, I don't have a conclusive verse that says I'm right here. I just have a series of verses that's like, I think this is this is what makes the most most cohesive thought that I can package together, right? Mm-hmm. The most cohesive thought is not always the right one. Mm-hmm. It's just the most, it just serves that one purpose. So I hope that I, I display that too, because I think that if you looked at the guys who believed and taught this stuff before the gap, mm-hmm. I think... I think as far as being respectable, man, me saying, man, I cherish their biblical minds, Mm -hmm. everybody's on that side of the aisle. You know what I mean? Most, not everyone, but man, I'd say 90% of the guys that I really respect, not that I I cherish their biblical insight. Can we say it like that? Right. I would definitely say that. Anyhow, we got to close there. We've gone a little long, but brother, thank you so much. That was a blessing. Appreciate it, man. That was awesome. Well, amen. We'll finish it there. End it there. Bye, everybody. Love y'all.